Welcome back to the CrossFit Bath podcast. Uh, today we're recording in a special location, <laughs> so if you hear any strange noises or if it's a little bit more echoey, um, that'll be because we're in a, in a secret undisclosed location. Uh, I am Jason Croxon, an average member of CrossFit Bath, not joined by Ollie Mansbridge as he is uh, off having fun <laughs> in Madison at the Games, but today I'm joined by Adam Shackle, better known as Shax. How are you? I'm very well. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome to the podcast. And I know now because you've told me that this is your first time on a podcast. Yeah. So I'm a newbie to this, mate. So uh, go easy on me, won't you? No promises. <laughs> but um, before we start, Shax, um, last podcast, uh, Ollie put out a call for uh, local businesses or events that wanted to be promoted from uh, sort of within the box. Uh, and we had a few responses. So today we're just going to highlight uh, Becky Ward that some might know if they've been to Trowbridge or to uh, the locations in Bath. She's actually done some painting and decorating at both those locations, but that's what she does. So um, Blush Painting and Decorating, I believe is the name of her business. She's been there sort of 14 odd years, so a lot of experience. Unfortunately, what you won't have seen if you've been to Bath or Trowbridge is her speciality at wallpaper hanging. Oh. Don't think we have any wallpaper in either of those locations. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we could feel like the handstand push-ups against them. <laughs> Just ripping it off the wall. <laughs> but. Um, so if anyone is interested in uh, you know getting some work done on their on their home or their business, I'll put links in the description of this episode so you can see her Facebook page, her, her website, and also her phone number. So uh, uh, highly recommended also by some members that have had work done uh, from her as well. So uh, well done, Becky. There you go. That's your shout out. <laughs> and if anyone else wants, I know a few others have already got in touch, but uh, if anybody else wants to promote an event or a business, just don't forget to, to send that through. Okay, Jack. So, especially as it's your as it's your first time, we like to start with a warm up. You know, warm up is very important. Yeah, I do. Important part do. of the uh, the workout. A few very simple questions to begin. Marmite, love it or hate it? Ooh. Do you know what? It's actually got quite controversial because I'm actually neither. I could I could actually eat it, but I'm not I'm not like two on one side. I could I could eat marmite on toast, but you know. So yeah, a bit controversial that. I am quite amazed to hear you say that because yeah. until now, I thought I was the only person that was like. Oh, I'll eat it. Yeah, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Brilliant. So if you're the same as us, let us know. <laughs> Reach out. Start a club. Um, okay. Another question. Batman or Superman? Oh, Batman. Oh, Batman all day long. Good answer. I'm actually... I, say, I have to say that given that you're in a Batman t-shirt. So. Yeah. <laughs> 400 meter run or row? Uh, run. Oh. Yeah, run. That might explain some of the programming. <laughs> We're going to open it up a bit more now, mm -hmm. so you've got a little bit more uh, choice in your answers. Best ice cream flavour? Um, chocolate mint. Yeah, I like chocolate mint. Yeah, so anything like um, after eights, anything like that, anything chocolate and mint together, that's me. Yeah. Right. Good to know. So if anyone wants to... Uh... Yeah, if you want to buy me ice cream, especially given how hot it is at the minute. <laughs> Do you have a favourite benchmark workout? Uh, favourite benchmark workout? Do you know I probably do only because it's the one that I've probably done the most over the years. Now that's to be Helen, I think. Yeah. Like off the cuff, yeah, I think Helen. I think it's just a real classic CrossFit workout, very simple in nature, and I think it's just a, I think it's just a really good test. So, and I've probably done it about sixty times, I reckon, in twelve years. So, and got slower each time. Got slower each time. <laughs> the CrossFit way, excellent. What is your worst movement in CrossFit? Anything squatting. I anything. hate squatting. Anything with a front squat or a thruster, it's just not a jam. I, I like putting weight from the floor and I like pulling my weight to things, but anything where I've got a squat, nah, I'll avoid right. it like the plague. I'm learning a lot yeah. uh, on this podcast from, from you, and, Already. you and Ollie. Yeah. Pistol squats? I can do pistols. Yeah, right. maybe, uh, maybe not as well as I used to. But. Okay, because that's uh, sort of Ollie's nemesis. So, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> So here's a final question for you to sort of move us on to um, onto the, the main topic. If anyone can hear some uh, machines outside, don't worry about it. This is, <laughs> this is free. What do you want? Um, so this is going to help get us onto our topic for today. So if you had to go head-to-head -head in a workout oh, God. against Matt Fraser, yeah. okay, what would you program to at least help you not massively embarrass yourself? 18 holes of golf. <laughs> um, what would I program? I'd program anything with double unders and strict muscle-ups, I think. Yeah. But it's funny, I was only having this conversation with Sam 
up two days ago and I said, if I have to program a workout to beat you, Sam, I said, the only thing I reckon I could beat you in is strict muscle-ups and double-unders. I reckon you'd beat me at everything else. So um, I'm still not claiming that I'm going to beat Matt yeah. Fraser at those, but I wouldn't embarrass myself. You heard it here, <laughs> Okay. So that nicely, I think, segues mm-hmm. us into our topic about um, programming. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the very first question we have to ask, Jacques, what is programming? What is programming? Programming is a plan. Well, I'd like to think of it as a plan from start to finish. Um, in an ideal world, programming in my world would start with like an assessment, so you know where you are, and then it would finish with either an event or a testing phase, um, just so you know where actually you've got to go to. Everyone's kind of got these grand plans of I want to compete here or I want to you know, run a 5K in this time, but not many people actually do an assessment and find out where they are right now. So it's kind of like saying you want to drive to London and everyone's like, well, I need to plug London into the sat-nav, but you need to first find out where are you right now? Like, are you in Birmingham? Are you in Trowbridge? Are you in Bath? Um, and I don't feel like people do a lot of that. So I'd say programming is planning um, for whatever that might be, whether it's increased strength, aerobic capacity, whatever it might be. And so you're responsible for sort of the programming mm-hmm. at both the boxes in, in, yep. in Bath and Trowbridge. Uh, and obviously when you... Like if you had to explain to somebody who's not done sort of CrossFit and they're sort of trying to work out what they're paying for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a global gym, you're paying for the facility basically. Yep. A, a CrossFit box, generally you're paying for the facility, the coaching that we, we mentioned uh, even in, in the survey, really a fundamental part. But also the programming is kind of what you're, what you're paying for. Isn't yep. it? And, and that's actually the thing I love the most is not having to think about what I've got to do, just go in look at the board, yeah. cry for five minutes, <laughs> and then get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, you talked about like an assessment and, and all of that. Obviously, you can't do that when you are program- programming for multiple classes that are yeah. made up of people of, you know, beginners to those that have been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. those that have been doing it a long time, but uh, you know, are in their 50s, those that have been doing it for a while and they started when they were 20 and mm-hmm. they're, you know, amazing and annoying. Uh, <laughs> So how does that affect sort of your approach to programming? It's a good question. Um, so like obviously over the years, obviously, you know, we started with maybe 40 or 50 members. So if you think in terms of the, you know, the most able member to the least able member, it probably the dispersion probably wasn't that high. Now over the two gyms, we've probably got 450 members. So then obviously we're getting all walks of life coming in, you know, so and we've obviously got people that have been with us for eight, nine years. So obviously they've got better and better. So now obviously the dispersion has got a lot wider. So obviously you know, our most able and our least able, the gap is even is even bigger. So there, there is a challenge in itself is trying to keep everyone stimulated and obviously making sure that the newbies aren't kind of getting overwhelmed with some more complex movements and don't throw out their depth. And we're also keeping the guys and girls that have been with us for nine, 10 years stimulated and constantly challenged. Um, you know, we have played around with like test weeks and stuff in the past where we've done like, you know, test phases and personally just for my, the way I like to program, I like a test phase because I like to just kind of find out right, what are the tests? And then if we do a six or 12 week training program, at least I know what we're then going to be repeating. So I'll kind of have like a North star. Okay. Well, I know that like now 5k run was one of our tests. So I know in that training block, what the retest is going to be. Um, whereas, you know, now obviously we've just gone kind of out of those test phases, you know, some people loved them, some people hated them, because um, they do build anxieties and stuff because people feel like they're being judged. Um, but ultimately now it's just a case of we have a conveyor belt of training, it's just a program that just rolls and rolls and rolls. Um, so there is no kind of end point. So in terms of being a programmer, that is a bit more challenging because there's not there's not actually like an end destination of, okay, we're going to the CrossFit Regionals on May the 6th or we haven't got a London you know, marathon or whatever it might be. So it's just this, where does it end? Um, so I kind of like to put benchmarks in throughout the, tri- you know, throughout the programming, hence kind of some of the retest days, just so people can just see where they're at really. Yeah, I think you notice that sort of when you, like if we're doing, like we're doing front squats at the moment, yeah. and they're sort of, initially you're kind of just, I just get a heavy, you know, single heavy mm-hmm. front squat, and then you'll sort of have all these different variations of, of, of front squats and yeah. single leg stuff, and then at the end you'll be like, oh, do you remember? that heavy front squat you did, mm-hmm. try again. Yeah. You're sort of hoping that that number has gone up. Exactly that. And not down. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, mainly, you know, it's, it's called like GPP. So I'm, I think I heard Ollie mention it. It's general physical preparedness. You know, we're just trying to prepare people for life. And, you know, the gym is, is there to enhance your fitness, enhance your life. It shouldn't be there to take over from it. Um, so, you know, the way I program is, you know, I, li- I like to think it's a bit more holistic approach in terms of people aren't getting completely destroyed every day. Like, yeah, there might be one or two Metcons that are fairly tough. 
But you know, if you had to go into the gym every morning, you knew you had like a Fran style workout every day. I mean, people would just be in an absolute bin. And um, you know, motivation would dwindle. And actually, they would probably end up stalling a lot quicker. So in terms of how I program, I'd like to think, you know, try and build people's structural strength in terms of getting them more resilient. You know, a lot of single leg work, because I think the single leg work really highlights whether you've got imbalances left or right. And trying to keep mainly the Metcons more aerobic in nature. So obviously, you know, working for 20, 30 minutes and trying not to go into that kind of death zone, as I'd call it. So um, yeah, try and keep people out of that as much as possible. Yeah, that's reassuring. <laughs> um, I have got a heart. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> I've seen some of these workouts. Um, if we sort of back it up a bit then, so this is kind of like the goal, the objective. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you approach programming in general? I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's like a video recently that's popped on YouTube of, sort of like Rich Froning programming the, the workouts for his team. Right. And he's sort of just at a whiteboard. They're just calling out movements. Yeah. He's sort of like putting them all on the side mm -hmm. and then he's sort of money balling, just looking at these constructing these crazy workouts mm -hmm. uh, what's your I'm assuming that's not your process no it's what not is your process to actually building a workout or even a, a series of of workouts for the weeks and months sure so I like to have a plan um, so I think that works great for kind of Froning and those guys because they're almost in a testing phase they, they've done all their training now they're just testing workouts I don't really see that as training they might um, whereas I like to have like a structure. So obviously the structure we have at the minute is kind of one day that's mainly focused around more lower body strength. You know, then we have one day that's more focused around upper body strength. And then we'll have two kind of more aerobic-y sessions. Um, and then obviously the weightlifting day in the middle. Now that's how I'd program for a class. But bearing in mind for a class, you know, we have to deal with things with logistics, you know, especially in Bath, do we have half the gym? How many rowers do we have? How much space do we have? You know, we've only got an hour. So how much can we cram in an hour with a warm up, with a cool down? So you have to consider all those things first. And then actually, yeah, I think to myself, right, what is the stimulus for today? So people always say to me, oh, can we, we'd love to know the structure of the week coming up. Well, the structure's remained the same for the last probably eight or nine weeks now in terms of upper strength, lower strength, cardio, cardio on the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And they obviously just rotate. And the exercises are really just the last thing to get plugged in, which is probably surprising for some people. But once you kind of pick yourself, I don't know, once you think, Right, we're going to have an aerobic day today where we're just trying to train the heart. Well, there's certain exercises that can go in that. You know you're going to have some assault bikes, some rowing, some running, some box jumps, some burpees. There's only so many exercises that fill that criteria. I couldn't post strict handstand press-ups, strict toes to bar, because that then becomes a bit more muscular endurance, muscular strength, as opposed to aerobic. Right. So, yeah, I, I basically look at the logistics in terms of the gym, You know what the stimulus for the day is, what we're actually trying to achieve that day, and then the exercises almost pick themselves. So, you know, it might be a three-week wave of front squats if we're doing low body strength. Then I might mix it up and then go back squats. So, yeah, the exercises just come in right at the end, which might be a surprise to people because they might think that's the first, first thing I think of. Yeah, you're picking the ones that you know will destroy people. Exactly. Like, I'll oh, put those in. and Yeah, <laughs> but there's, there's only so many you can do. Whereas if I, you know, and obviously on the contrary, if I want to slow people down and I don't want people getting into that kind of lactic energy system where they're obviously you know destroyed like a fran type movement then i'll purposely put in wall walks or strict toes to bar or a 30 second plank hold because i know they can't go anywhere on a plank they've got to stay there for 30 seconds so i know that they're going to slow down and just from experience of doing you know not so much anymore but like crossfit workouts for the last 10 years i know what can go well together i know where people are going to stop i know if you're making people do 30 push-ups at a time they're probably going to be doing them a sets of five at some point so just from experience you kind of know what to plug in depending on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, because I think, I'm sure we've all sort of been away for a week or you know had a bit of time off and missed the gym and was like, oh, I'll program something for myself. Yeah. And it's it's really tough because you're sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could do, I don't know, 21, 15, 9 of, of these two movements. Mm -hmm. And you're like, in the first 21, going, this, was, <laughs> this was a huge mistake. Yeah. But I mean, are you kind of aware of how much this is going to, hurt or how much or how long this is going to take sort of a an average memory so yeah some will be faster some will be slower but you've kind of got these and Ranges, is that just yeah. experience that's done that or how, how do you have a little bit so tell I me mean, obviously certain exercises something like a wall ball or a kettlebell swing well i know that that's two seconds per rep so i know if you're going to do 30 kettlebell swings and broken i know that's a minute of work so again just from experience you kind of know and then if i'm picking a workout like an aerobic dominant workout i'll think in my head Right, who's probably the most 
aerobically fit athlete that we've got across the two gyms, male and female. And then I'll kind of just imagine them going through it and where they might rest and how many reps in a row they might do. And then in terms of putting time caps and stuff like that, it's just an educated guess. Sometimes I'll get it wrong, some, you know, sometimes I get it right, but it is just a guess based off what I've maybe done in the past and what I think you know, someone like Steffi might do, for example. Um, you know, obviously she's an absolute beast when it comes to aerobic work. So I think, right, there's the top of the tree and then everyone kind of works back from that. So, so what you're telling me is it's not that you are running through all of these workouts yourself no, as a test no. before you put us through it. No, I, I definitely do not. I, there are some that I've done and there's some where I will stand in a class and I will just think, thank God I'm not doing this. Yeah. Well, I did the 100 burpees yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. So, um, I didn't see that. No, I, did the 100, I left my kit out. But, so that was my punishment. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. So I've still got it. <laughs> so you, you've kind of got the the goals you want to to achieve um, mm -hmm. across the board what are the challenges that you find then trying to to make these programs what sort of the the difficulties <sighs> I, I guess i guess the challenge a deep sigh there so uh, well there, there are challenges there, there are challenges I'm obviously aside from the logistics of you know only having a certain number of rowers and stuff you know so i can't program a workout on a monday night like christine for example three rounds of 500 meter row deadlifts and box jumps because I know that people are just going to meet on the rowers and even though we've got assault bikes, you know, still not the workout. So aside from the logistical challenges, it's, I'd say it's probably more managing people's expectations. You know, we had a conversation off air about kind of, you know, the CrossFit games and the way the landscape's changing. And, you know, there are some people that come into our gym and they're expecting CrossFit Games-esque style training and they want to be doing the kip and handstand push-ups and the kip and pull-ups. Yet most people that walk into our gym who want to do these kind of functional movements, in inverted commas, they haven't actually got functional bodies themselves. So, you know, they're trying to do these crazy functional movements, yet they're not functional. So it's not like, you know, rewind 10,000 years ago when we were kind of, you know, back prehistorically, we actually moved pretty well because movement was, you know, we we're moving all day, every day. People are coming into us now having been sat down for 10 hours a day, probably haven't walked more than about a thousand steps in the day. And then they want to go from naught to a hundred and, you know, in all honesty, it's the challenge of giving people what they want versus what they need. Because if I just gave them what they need, in all honesty, they would probably be bored in about three weeks and be like, screw this, I'm going to another gym. So I have to then sprinkle in a little bit of what they want every now and then. Like, you know, like the things like power snatches and squat snatches and whatever, kipping toaster bar, you know, whatever it might be. Actually knowing full well, a lot of people probably actually need something regress way back from that. You know, most people actually can't do 10 proper push-ups with perfect form, yet they want to kick upside down and show me how good their strict handstand press-ups are. And I'm like, there's prerequisites to a lot of this stuff. So it's it's just trying to stay true to my principles in terms of as a you know, strength and conditioning CrossFit coach, what people need, you know, as recreational athletes versus, you know, what they want and keeping them mentally stimulated, doing their overhead squats. You know, Dagnan said, oh, we have more overhead squats, for example. Whereas when you look at an exercise like that, the risk reward probably isn't there in my eyes. Like, you know, most people, I'd say out of a gym of a hundred people, you've probably got three people you'd clear to overhead squat safely, you know, at best. And then the others are gonna have to do some sort of goblet squat, stuff like that, which is fine. But, you know, in terms of risk reward, those people, I'm like, do people wanna come into our gym being really good at overhead squatting? Or are people coming to our gym actually just wanting to get fit and healthy, look good on a beach, be able to play with their kids, have fulfillment in their life, so I kind of take a bit more of a CrossFit health stance on it and be like, look, I'm going to give them the best bang for their buck in terms of their hour. Um, so yeah, I hope that explains. Yeah. Well, I think Glassman will be happy with your, with your yeah. response. Yeah. <laughs> that one's for you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense because you're right. It's, I hadn't thought about that, but it, it is true that you, you've got the movements that, that look cool. Yeah. You want to be able to do them. Which I get, you know. But at the end of the day, you're not doing them every day. You don't need to. It is just, it's just for the gram, isn't it? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the time it is, Jace, it is. And um, I think you have, to, you have to make that, you know, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of people differentiate between CrossFit the sport and CrossFit the fitness and the health program. Obviously, they're, CrossFit on the whole are doing a better job now of separating. But, you know, aside from that, you know, a year ago and previous, I'd say for a five, six year block, you know, there's a lot of CrossFit gyms that were programming CrossFit the sport mm. and they were doing a lot of like, you know, CrossFit regional events and making it very competitive and it's all about speed and how fast you can move. And actually, you know, we've gone through evolutions of our gym and our programming of, of our thinking and, you know, 99.9% .9 of people that come through our gym are there to be healthier and fitter. And, you know, half of them know what the CrossFit Games is. 
so that, you know they're coming to us to you know have you know, healthier better working joints and you know not being a wreck from trying to do a I don't know a barbell snatch when their shoulders aren't ready for it so it's it's just trying to take on you know what their goals are you know when they come into the gym firsthand you know most of them there to lose body fat so you know we often have the discussion should we just program a strength day so if we just had say back squats five by five you do a warm-up and that is it for the day and in an ideal world that works great if people are coming to the gym three days on one day off and one of those days is a pure strength day which we understand is an important component of fitness being strong but then if you're only coming to the gym twice a week and one of those is just back squat five by five you will probably leave feeling a little bit unfulfilled because you know you might be wanting to lose body fat and obviously there's an education there that you know, doing strength training does help you lose body fat, of course. But, you know, people still have ingrained in their head of, you know, I need to feel like I get a bit of a sweat on and feel good about myself, get my aerobic system working. So there, there's the challenges of, you know, people wanting to put their biases onto the program. And I've got 450 different people to please, so to speak. Um, and then also staying true to what I believe is, staying true to what I believe is a, a true strength and conditioning and CrossFit principles. Yeah, and I, I think that's sort of highlighted when we've had these um, sort of bring a friend days and occasionally we have like a workout and we say, oh, that would have been, you know, that would have been perfect for my friend. They love mm-hmm. these long 40 minute yeah. nonstop mm-hmm. kind of aerobic workouts. And somebody else has got a friend who's like, yeah, but, you know, he never heard of a, a you know, a split jerk and he did that and he was like, yeah. wow, this is yeah. you know, Olympic lifting. And obviously you're, again, you go to two gyms, loads of different members yeah. from all different kind of backgrounds and you it is difficult to to balance that on on one day to make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, so just don't make anybody happy. That's the solution, <laughs> yeah. really. Screw yeah. them. Just burpees every day. <laughs> <laughs> burpees and thrusters. <laughs> so there were a, a few sort of um, questions that came in mm-hmm. that people were were curious about or yep. or had. Um, we've mentioned a bit this thing of like more visibility, um, and we spoke about it actually last last episode yep. when we were looking at the survey because that was again something people had said we'd kind of like to know um, and obviously the response that, that Ollie had also was the unknown and unknowable yeah, yeah. so there's that <laughs> element so of it. pull back on that one. Yeah. <laughs> really convenient. Yeah. Um, but we sort of mentioned the idea that yeah obviously if, if you're, you are trying to use your fitness outside of the gym so you're, you are you know, I'm training for a marathon or I'm training for this yeah. I'm training for that so I'm doing my own thing together with this the idea of sort of having um, yeah, an idea of what's coming, but I suppose you're sort of saying, well, just look at the program of last week. Yeah, exactly. And you'll see where the the patterns are forming. Is that? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that's fair. And um, it's very hard, you know. I see people doing their own individual training. They might do two or three days a week, and then they might jump in the class, and you know, they might be doing heavy front squats on Monday on their program, and then they come in and it's back squats on Tuesday. Like. For me, it's very hard to allow for everyone doing all their own bits and pieces. Mm. Like I just see our program as a separate entity. And if people want to then go and do other programs on top of it, there's probably a discussion that needs to be had with the coach of, right, I'm looking at doing this on top. You know, how would you recommend bringing this into the program? In? And then the coach would be like, well, this is how the program is laid out. You know, you should probably fit this day in here and this day here. You know, people just going off on a whim and doing stuff. It's very hard to account for that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, having the template there, we know that if we use week one, for example, Monday and Thursday being lower body, upper body strength, Tuesday and Friday being more cardio based, you know, as like I said, burpees, running, rowing, Wednesday being weightlifting, you've pretty much got a good idea. And if you are doing something one week, just look back at the previous week. If lower body strength was on the Monday, it's going to be on the Tuesday the following week. And that will be until we specify otherwise. So I think it's been about 10 weeks now, I think I've done this format. Yeah. It might be for another three or four weeks, and I might change it up, and then I'll write in the tribes, this is the new phase, this is what we're gonna go to. So it, it might just be a case of it's kind of been there, but unless somebody sort of highlights that for you, says, well look, that's lower body strength. And if you're just coming in and looking at a whiteboard, and be like, ah, oh, today we're doing this movement, yeah. and you're not making that association of, well, this is lower body strength, Absolutely. and this is cardio, you're sort of just being like, oh, no, I just went in and did what was on the board, and then I went yeah. home, and then I went in the next day, did what was on the board, and yeah. I went home. And you're just saying, well, maybe just try and work out what what's on the whiteboard, what that actually means in a kind of, in filling out these sort of boxes of, yes, where does it fit in next week, you invert Monday, Tuesday, yeah, Thursday, Friday, and yeah, and obviously people, you know, they've got their their work schedule, so so mm-hmm. maybe they work every. It's like me, I can't go in on a Thursday, so you've dodged a good one today. I, I mean, that's a happy coincidence because 
usually it will be something like deadlifts that I always miss, and I'm like, no, oh, that's you a shame. Like deadlifts. But actually, to be honest, <laughs> I like overhead squats. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably because you've got the mobility for them, so well, you get away with it. I feel that I've got, as a, as a smaller athlete, athlete in, in <laughs> massive <laughs> quotation marks, um, but having that mobility, it's a great leveller. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so, it is. Yeah, anything like kind of high skill, yeah, like that, like double unders, overhead squats, pistols, yeah, they can really level the playing field, can't they? So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. So you're saying, well, you don't really, don't want to put too many of those in. I'm going, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not to say they'll never be in. It's just I just try and sprinkle them in when necessary. Um, they are necessary. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> For some of us, well, they're I necessary. That my Chase needs more. <laughs> No, you yeah. took a lot of notes. I did take and notes. It made me feel no, like, an, like an amateur here. No, I wasn't uh, being prepared. So, um, what have we not covered that you. What have we not co- covered? Um, what, do you want to go to questions from Facebook or just in general? So, uh, well, yeah, we can have a look at a few. So, there were a few questions that. So, I'll, I'll do like, for example, one question was bench. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Karen. <laughs> I know she enjoys her bench. Uh, any um, response to that, that question? <laughs> so again, like bench is something I, I think is a great exercise, not just because I like doing it, but again, there comes down the logistics issue of, you know, we've only got three or four benches, and if we have a class of 25 people, how do we then get everyone through on a bench? So in previous times, we have done like bench and then either floor press um, as kind of a bit of a substitution. Yeah. Um, and that's why obviously EMOMs and stuff work great, like every minute on it for 16 minutes, maybe four different stations where you just roll through. Uh, so that's how sometimes I overcome that challenge of only having a certain amount of kit or benches where you just roll them through like that. Um, so yeah, watch the space, Karen. I'll try and get a bit more benching for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dad came in with a, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of questions. Some good questions. Apart, I mean, you've highlighted his overhead squat comment. Yep. But he also asked some very very nice questions. Yeah. Um, where does the inspiration come from? Uh, so inspiration. So he obviously mentioned about Invictus on his Facebook page, on the Facebook post. So I will look at Invictus. I'll look at CrossFit.com. Um, I'll look back at previous workouts we've done because obviously I've got a log of three years, maybe a bit more than that, of obviously all our gym programming. So again, I'll, I'll think to myself, right, what is the stimulus today? Okay, it's lower body strength. Okay, I'll look back at the previous four or five weeks. I'll see what we've done, what we haven't done. So then once I've plugged that in, I'll go to then Invictus to look at inspiration for maybe Metcons because I think. You kind of get stuck in a certain way of programming, you know, and if, I don't know, say Sam or Ollie took over the gym programming, they might try and achieve the same thing, but they might have a different spin on it. And I think sometimes that variance is good. So I think the way I program is very simple and very linear. Like the way I think is a very linear person, my A to B to C, I'm not that creative. So like I said, my program would be very, very simple. Um, so yeah, looking at places like Victus is just good for different ideas for EMOMs or every two minutes on the minute, stuff that I might not think about that I can then plug my exercises in into that format. Right. So still trying to achieve the similar similar stimulus. Yeah. So it's not it's not a copy and paste, but it's very much a, that's a good idea. I might I might mutate that somehow into what I'm exactly got that. programmed anyway. Yeah, exactly that. So it's it's very rare that I'll just pull it unless it fits perfectly with what I wanted that day in terms of the exercises and the time frame. Yeah, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time it is from my head. Yeah. Uh, Tony asked about the, the structure and patterns, but mm-hmm. I think we've kind of sort of touched on that. Yeah, um, I think so. Obviously, it's lower body, upper body, and I guess it's sort of if you do front squats for a while, then it's going to be yeah. I, I mean, know, it's that kind of or constantly or, varied. You know, like I said, it's you know it might be front. I mean, it's it's that it's that trade off. If you're always changing the exercise every week, you never actually get a chance to adapt and get stronger at them. Um, but then, obviously, on the contrary to that, if you're always doing the same thing. You know, for eight, ten weeks in a row, your body will adapt, and then it will just stall. So that's obviously when you need to change it up. So I'll just, I'll just make a call based on experience. You know, when I think the exercises should change, I don't think they're wrong. I, you know, I probably get it wrong a lot of the time, but I feel in my head, a, a bad program done consistently is way better than a good program done inconsistently. So I think that's the, the overarching thing with all this is consistency is key. Like if you're coming in once or twice a week, it doesn't matter how good your program is. It can be the best program on the planet. You're just not going to see the results um, as opposed to someone who's maybe doing maybe not as good a program and they're doing it four or five times a week and taking care of their sleep and their stresses outside of the gym, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it, it comes down to consistency. Uh, so we've had a few other, um, that's another, another one from, uh, from Dag is asking, 
about how your programming has changed over the years. Mm -hmm. So you said you've got a log of like three years of, yep. do you ever go back and look at that and just cringe? Or no. do you look at that and go, man, I had this nailed from day one? I, I, think, I think it's probably more, more for myself in terms of just, just knowledge that you know, we've all acquired, me, Ollie, Ed, we've all acquired over the last 10 years. You know, when we first started in CrossFit, it, we, didn't, we didn't really know what we were doing. Like we, we absolutely battered ourselves. Like, you know, we, I remember me and Ollie followed this thing called Give Them Cold Steel. You know, one of the workouts, I remember, it was like, Fran, rest five minutes, Grace, rest five minutes, Helen, rest... Ten. And I remember Ollie just vomiting in this bucket. And we were like, this is amazing, this is the best thing ever. And like, I look back at that and I'm like, what are we doing? We just didn't know. We just thought harder was better. And that's where I like to think that people have learned... You know, I've learned from those mistakes and I want to make sure that people don't do what we were doing. Um, you know, so we were almost like the guinea pigs for it. So yeah, we were doing some stupid stuff. And as we've learned now, and we've kind of, you know, we've all learned in the CrossFit world, outside the CrossFit world, is that most people don't need that level of intensity. I mean, my, my argument is always how fit do you need to be? Like, you know, do you need a two minute 30 fran time? Like if you're just a recreational athlete that wants to look good on the beach and you want to play with your kids, do you need to have that crazy fran time? I would argue probably not, but do you need to have some single leg left to right balance? Do you need to be structurally strong in your shoulders, mobile, have a good aerobic system? I would argue that's probably the preference. Um, and it all, it all depends. Everything in training depends. It depends on what your goals are, who you are, where you want to go, where you are right now. So there is no definitive answer. You know, if you're you know, Sam Pullen or Alec Harwood or whatever, and you're competing in the CrossFit Games, you need that intensity when it gets closer to the events because your body needs to get used to using that lactic system, or lactic system, sorry. So it always just depends. I'm, I'm definitely not, not going to the games. <laughs> um, uh, I struggle to play games with my son, so I just need to be able to bend down. That's the important thing. But you, you know, you said that quite tongue-in-cheek, but for a lot of people, that is so important. But I heard a good stat the other day, and they were saying that for every decade of your life, so if you're 60 years old, that is how much percent of your training should be mobility. So if you're 60 years old, 60% of your training should be mobility work. 30 years old, 30% mobility work. And I think that's actually quite a good kind of law to abide by. Because as we get older, you know, we don't lose, you know, lose our mobility or lose our strength because we're getting old. We lose it because we're not using it. So, you know, people are like, oh, I can't do that at my age. It's just a crap excuse in my eyes. It's like you can start anytime. You know, look at someone like Rog, for example. You know, he's a prime example of what you yeah. can do. Um, yeah, providing you do it right. So I'd like to think that you know we give a decent program for someone like Rog and someone like Steffi. Right. So I need thirty percent mobility. I've just been told. <laughs> make a little note of that <laughs> as a rule of thumb. Yeah. I mean, I because I, I work outside all day as well. So I am literally climbing over walls, like muscling up over a wall. I can't do it on a ring, but I can do it over somebody's fence. <laughs> but, it's, but it's interesting that though to stop on that point. Like if you think about exercise in the gym, we've invented the gym. Like, you know, cavemen didn't need a gym. Like, cavemen weren't sat around the campfire thinking, I need to do my tablet or air squats now. Like, they were active all day. Like, we've invented the gym because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing as human beings. Like, if someone's out laboring all day and they're a farmer or doing whatever, do they really need to go to the gym if they're on top of their diet? Probably not, because they're very active. Whereas we're using the gym now to counteract the fact that we're not doing what we should be doing as humans. And, you, know, and, you know, people are so far down the other end of just sitting doing nothing and then they come to the CrossFit and it's all 100% go, go, go. And then they're wondering why they're getting hurt. And it's, uh, yeah, that's the um, mindset I would want to change is it's not just all about the time and the clock. Yeah, I suppose, is that something you, you take into consideration then with the programming, just sort of just a step back there, that obviously, uh, I, think we've, I think we mentioned it right back in episode one, right back, three episodes ago, <laughs> um, we were that this kind of the stigma of CrossFit mm -hmm. is that it's just people hurting themselves. Yep. Um, do you take that into consideration when you're doing the programming of like, I know that there is a potential, if done incorrectly, you could hurt yourself, so I'm gonna make sure within the programming to minimize that, like, is that something yeah. you need to kind of keep on top of? Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and it's, you, you can never 100% say no one's ever going to get injured because obviously, you know, you, freak things can happen. They can drop a weight on their toe or whatever it might be. And then obviously they can get hurt doing movements. And it goes back to what I said about overhead squats. There's some exercises that risk and reward. The reward that you get out of doing 2159 of overhead squats compared to the risk of potentially tearing a rotator cuff or doing whatever when their form goes. So in my mind, I always say to people, you're not here to get hurt. This is here to enrich and enhance your life and you should be training like that. And you're not gonna care whether you did that, you know, those last three reps of those overhead squats in five years time and potentially damage your shoulder. 
you're going to care if your shoulder's fit and healthy in five years' time. That's what you're going to care about, providing you're coming into the program for health reasons. If you're doing it for fitness reasons in the sport, just like any sport, if you're playing rugby or whatever, when you cross over that white line, you understand there is inherent risk that you're going to get hurt, but that is just what you take on board. You're like, right, that's okay. I've, you know, my mindset is I could get hurt doing these kipping handstand push-ups, but if you're looking at just being healthy, I would argue you want to try and make it as you know, risk-free as possible where they're getting the most bang for their buck. And I think that's where sort of the scaling is so vital and almost the mindset towards scaling. I think everybody is, especially when you first start, if you can RX something, you're yeah. like, oh, I can do that RX, so mm -hmm. I should do that. because. And I think it takes that little bit of time for you to realize like, well, yeah, I can do that, but you know, this isn't supposed to be a, <laughs> a max effort. This is supposed to be a, you know, yeah. an aerobic pace kind of thing. So perhaps I should scale that back because tomorrow I have to work. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you know, I, I see it all the time and like people are like, oh yeah, I'm so much fitter than I was like five years ago and they've got more kinesiology tape on them than God knows what. And I'm like, oh really, you're already fit. And they're like, you know, they're getting out of bed in the morning, they're aching, their lower back's aching. And I'm like, you're not, you're not fit or healthier. Like you just, you know, you, just because people look fit, you know, someone like thrown in, but they look fit, but are they healthy? I'd probably argue they're probably not. Like when you're competing at the top end of sport, you're not healthy and this kind of, you know, this continuum of kind of sickness, health and fitness, I don't think it goes in a straight linear line. I think there's sickness here and then I think fitness and health branch off in different directions. And I think you have to make a, an informed decision what it is you're chasing. Um, and don't get me wrong, you can be healthy and fit, but there comes a point where actually you're then gonna cross over into high risk of injuries. And, and if, if that's what you wanna do because you wanna compete in the sport, I'm all for it and I help you, but just know that there's the chance of that. Yeah. Wise words. <laughs> Found out that he's he's only he's a bit younger than me, Rich Froning. I was amazed. Well, he looks about forty, doesn't he? <laughs> he's he's because he he said the other day he was turning thirty-two. Is that what he is? And I was like, and you've already retired from individual competition. Like, yeah, Man, retiring. I mean, it has a shelf life, that right? Lovely. Like, what he's put his body through, blimey, it has a shelf life. Yeah, I think he's quite aware of that because he's been talking about his sort of he used to go and sort of get work done on his body mm -hmm. when he got injured. And now it's a more kind of weekly check-in, make sure everything's working well. Yeah. You know, sports massage, a bit of physio, this and that, because he's obviously put his body through. Yeah, and, and it comes back to what you said earlier, like not to, you know, he was obviously talking about, you know, when you said about him putting all these workouts up on whiteboards, and we've done it. Like Me and Ollie have all done it in the past, where we'll see him write all these workouts up and then we'll give him a try. And that's fine in isolation, but then when you see Froden Reese's you know, workout program and stuff and you've got average Joes trying to follow these CrossFit Games athletes programs and you're like these guys are like napping in the day they're sleeping eight hours they've got their food and nutrition on point they've got no stresses outside of their life you know you've got three kids you sleep five hours a day you know and, and they're wondering why after a week they're just broke and hurt and I'm like people don't understand the stresses outside of the gym have so much more of an impact than you would think you know stress is stress and it doesn't matter whether it's you doing Fran or getting chased by a lion or someone cutting you up in the street like it is all stress on the body and we have more stress in our lives than ever before and then you know people are coming into gym and wanting this intensity of I want to smash myself and then after a week two weeks their body starts to push back and just says nope and then they get knocked down with a cold or the flu or whatever it might be so your bodies are so clever like they just realize that if you try and get your stress bucket too high it'll just knock you back and it's it's probably the biggest thing that I see yeah, yeah. You're, you're smiling. Is that you? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I've got a you know, newborn baby at home, so I'm I'm one of those that's sort of sleeping four hours and then going. Let me just go and get my four workouts in and see yeah. if. I, but I, I think I've hit that point where now my my functioning level is always tired, <laughs> and I'm finding like I'm tired. just running you know a thirty minute workout and I'm like oh that's all right I'm I'm tired but mm -hmm. that's where I live now. Yeah, I was born tired. I think you can still train on that, but it's just managing that intensity. Like it's, it's, you know, when you go to that, you know the feeling. Every, every crossfitter knows that feeling of those really hard workouts where you go pale, blue-lipped, and you kind of got that metally taste in your mouth, like where that lactic is just flowing around your body. Like doing that regularly is so harmful to us, and we don't need to train it a lot. We need to train the aerobic system. That's why we always bang on about being sustainable, constant pace, because that's the best energy system that we have, and it's the most, you know, it's most efficient. And it's the one you're running on now. We're, you know, we're just chatting. We're running on our aerobic system. So running on that and obviously working strength training like the alactic system, the other end of the spectrum, those are the two I believe should be worked on the most. And yeah, the lactic system, that's there when you need it. I call it like the overdraft in your bank account. Like you need that, you use that when you absolutely need to. 
And the aerobic system is putting money in your bank. And the more money you got in the bank, the less you have to use that lactic system. If we, how far the, the, you know what, uh, the reason I'm laughing is it's the first of the month today, so I'd like all my payments go out today. I was <laughs> just thinking about that overdrive going, yeah, that's... Yeah, there's uh, no that lactic that's, system. Uh, <laughs> I'll run on that for the rest of the month. <laughs> I might kick in too. Yeah. Brilliant. So obviously, I, you know, I don't really know anything about programming. Um, I, I love that we have it because mm-hmm. I think you know, someone that was sort of from, through my life just gone to gyms and kind yeah. of, yeah, I'll do a bit of this, a bit of that. And you, you spend most of your time trying to work out what to do. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. You go over there and you know, the seven people on <laughs> the equipment you need, and you're like, okay, no, I'll, I'll do something else. I, I like just going in and being able to be like, I don't know what I'm doing today, but oh, it's this, yeah. brilliant. I don't have to think about it. And I like the format. I mean, I like as well that you can just sort of switch your brain off and be like, I just need to do five more of this, four more, mm-hmm. three more, two more. Oh, now I'm doing 20 of these. Okay. Yeah. And you're not thinking about, oh, I've, you know, I've got to send that money to there or yeah. oh, I've got to go and pick somebody up later or this. You <laughs> just sort of get it done and, and Probably switch the only time of the day you're actually present. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there anything you think people should know about, I mean, again, going back to your wonderful notes, <laughs> you took them, let's use them. Um, anything that I haven't asked or we haven't asked, but you think you know, it'd be good for uh, for us to know? Let's have a look here. Do I have a set of principles? Apart from how much time it takes you and how, you know, how you're slaving away for all these ungrateful yeah, that, that, members. That depends. Like, I never knew what writer's block was until I started doing programming. And sometimes I'll look at the programming sheet and it might take me 40 minutes to write like a part A, where I literally am just like, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, obviously I've got my template in my head, but I don't know what exercise I'm plugging in there or how I can keep it varied. And then some days, like literally in an hour, I can bosh out a whole week. It's just, yeah. yeah so, um, what, what do you do then when you hit this kind of mental block that's where i normally hunt around so that's where I'll, I'll normally end up on invictus in main site and i'll just kind of search for inspiration i'll go onto other affiliate boxes um so yeah i'll just look around and then hopefully something will hit me and trigger something i'm like ah yeah now i can spin off that um so uh, is it dagna do i have a set of principles um yeah i guess overarching principle would be kind of mechanics consistency intensity like move well move well often then you can worry about moving fast um, as opposed to moving fast as your first protocol. Um, what else have we got here? Kevin, Kev Birch, on the uh, goals for non-competitive CrossFit athletes. Oh, no, oh, so Kev asked, how often do I expect people to attend? And again, the simple answer is it depends. It depends on your lifestyle, you know, the stresses you have outside. You know, it's not more is always better. Um, it could be that you have a really, really busy lifestyle, load of stress, and you thrive on three sessions a week. Or you could be a 21-year-old that lives at home with your mum and dad. You've got no stress in your life. And you actually might need five or six days a week to see an adaptation. So it depends. And you know there is no right or wrong answer. I'd say anything under two sessions a week, you're probably not going to see the results that you'd want as quickly. But then on the contrary to that, doing 15 to 16 sessions a week probably is going to get your results twice as fast. You know, you can fast track biology, which mm. is kind of what I see people trying to do. They're like, oh, you know, people, people think if I do two sessions today, I'll be twice as fit tomorrow. And it, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, you, this, is, this is a journey. You know, I want people to be training for the next 50, 60 years. And like I said to you, it's consistency over that time, not trying to just do everything right now to try and race to this destination of, I've got to be super fit by then. Well, what happens then? Well, then you need to carry on being fit. It's, we're not like paintings that we can just suddenly paint click save and then that's it we're finished you know we are constantly evolving constantly adapting and people that are trying to like fast track it and biohack this and biohack that like it doesn't work like you know you just have to just be consistent in their process um did i get off topic there i probably did didn't i <laughs> <laughs> that i think it's good i mean um yeah so the, the topic is programming <laughs> well, yeah i guess anything that come uh oh this is a good question actually from Kerry. he said is the programming tailored for just our community um, the short answer is no, like it is just GPP, it's general physical preparedness. I mean, you could roll this out to any other gym. Um, but as I said earlier, any program done consistently is better than, you know, a program that's done inconsistently. So I like to take into consideration we have walks of all walks of life coming into our gym from, you know, real basic up to the top guys and girls. And I try and you know, make sure I scale it right for everybody. So, yeah, so I suppose it is taking into consideration the community in the sense that you're trying to you know tick all the boxes whereas yeah. if somebody's going well I just need programming for me and you're like well I've got this issue but exactly. I'm great at this exactly and you can sort of okay well, I can work around yeah around that and 
I suppose things like you mentioned, how many rowers do we have? How many of this? How many of that? Yeah. You, you know, for one person, I'm pretty sure there's enough rowers for him. Yeah. So, and there's pros and cons of both. You know, whether you do personal training or group classes. You know, personal training is we can do a thorough assessment on the front end. Where are you right now? What are your imbalances? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your specific goals? What is it you're trying to achieve? Well, then we can give you a bespoke program for that for you. So, you know, there's all the benefits there. Then obviously the downside of that is they're probably not getting that social element where they're training with other people. You know, it does require a lot more kind of self-discipline to get into the gym, follow the program. It's probably not as, you know, fun as coming into a class and hanging out with your mates and talking crap and, you know, so there's, there's trade-offs with both. Um, you know, and I think the, the class environment is brilliant and it's brilliant for 90% of people. It's like what you said earlier, you don't have to think. I think people spend all day making decisions at work. You know, from the minute they get up, they're making decisions. What am I having for breakfast? When am I leaving for work? What am I doing at work today? Da, 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 da. They make thousands and thousands of decisions, and then they're expected to go to a gym. And we're like, right, I need to make a workout up. And they're not experts in exercise and physiology, so how the hell do they know what to do? Yet, that's how a commercial gym works, which is why then people just stop going. Because, you know, if I program for myself, I don't believe in a lot of stuff I'm doing for myself. So I'm like, oh, I've only put that in there because I like it. So how can you expect an average Joe to program for themselves, believe in their program, and then execute it for 10 weeks? Well, they're not going to. So that's why you know, people's motivation diminishes, because they're like, well, you know, I don't even know if what I'm doing is right here. And then before you know it, they've gone once in four weeks, and they're still paying their gym membership. Whereas you know, spin, body pump, CrossFit classes, whatever it might be, like you said, you can turn your brain off, give your best effort for an hour. And I think that's the way... I think that's the way it's going to go, I think, is that you know more of these kind of models and more of these gyms. And I, I think the, the thing of looking at the programming in advance is interesting because I know there are people that can sort of cherry pick workouts mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I hate that, so I'm not going. I feel like if I've seen something and I know I hate it, it even more I have to go because yeah. I'm like, oh, if I, if I don't go, is it because you know so much happened in the day or yeah. because I just couldn't get out of this meeting or that, or is it because I saw there were wall balls and I absolutely hate wall balls. Good to know. <laughs> I, that is my, my nemesis. Wall ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. just hate them with a passion. Yeah, so that's good to know, Jay Sullivan. <laughs> so um, when, I, when we don't see them anymore, yeah. we'll know why. Exactly. No, well, to be fair, we haven't programmed as many wall balls, obviously, just because of the situation in Bath. It's hard. Really. What a shame. Like, yeah, to say, you've lucked out there, haven't you? <laughs> From when we first moved into the, the new location, there was a period we didn't do them for quite a while. Yeah, we didn't have anything on the rig, do we? And I, I just remembered being in my happy place for so long. And then mm. they came back, and I was like, oh, not, not only do I hate them, but I'm not even good at them anymore at all. <laughs> I just, well, unless you're like six foot four, I don't think many people would enjoy wall balls. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Open this year, that first workout was rowing and wall balls. Oh, yeah. I mean, 20 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, 20 minutes of rowing and wall balls. Yeah, that definitely suited someone who was like 95 kilos, six foot three. Yeah, that was definitely their jam. Being our size and height, that's, um, it's not set up for us, that, is it? Yeah. Anyway, everyone always says you've got a lot more advantages being short in CrossFit. So yeah, I would agree let, with that. Let the tall people have one win. Yeah, I'd agree bit. with that. But that is um, my worst like finish in the open oh, was it? ever. Yeah, even the previous year when I was newer and doing everything, kind of hitting those weights for the first time ever, uh -huh. I don't think I went as low as on that work. Yeah, I think, do you know, I, I see that a lot. You know, a lot of like the competitive guys in our gym is when there is a workout like rowing in Wubu, because it's so low skill and you don't necessarily have to be a good crossfitter to do well in that. You do get these people that, you know, they might be triathletes or whatever that come and just completely destroy it. And then week two is double unders, overhead squats, muscle ups. Yeah. And there's suddenly nowhere to be seen. And then the, you know, the better crossfitters start coming through with more skill. So yeah, I think sometimes those workouts can skew leaderboards just because you can get anyone really come in who's just generally quite fit or their levers or height or weight is advantageous. And then they obviously do really well. So yeah. Yeah. As I mean, my excuse I me, mean, yeah, I, I personally, <laughs> I, I blame the programming. But. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should get Castro on to speak to him. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, can you imagine? Um, okay, so I, I think it's time to, to wrap this up because, um, you know, we've all got things to do today which don't involve going and doing the workout of today. Uh, <laughs> we are we're recording this on, on Thursday, the 1st of August, everybody, so um, go back. See the workout. You understand why we were all too busy today to <laughs> to make it in. Um, but I did do the terrible triathlon the, in pairs the other week. That was on Friday, wasn't that it? Last week. Yeah, absolutely killed. Me. I had a lot of good feedback from that. People said they really enjoyed it. So, did they? Yeah, if they can make that monthly thing. Liars, all of them. <laughs>
<laughs> falling off the bike at the end and not being able to walk. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, brilliant. So I hope people listening have enjoyed this and um, I hope the edit has been seamless, Shax. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> But if you've got um, topics that you want us to talk about, I know that we we said we were going to do a nutrition one, but um, you know Ollie ran away, so he, <laughs> and he wants to be involved in that one, so that's why we've we've jumped the programming up the so list they, a little they, bit. Topic to get into that, yeah, about nutrition. That that will be a, a part one of seventeen podcast. Yeah. So it's like offending people's religion. That it's a, it's a dangerous ground. Nutrition. I'll, I'll let him. I just ask questions. <laughs> yeah, it's a minefield. <laughs> I'm the very below average member, so I don't. <laughs> My opinion means nothing. Um, but if you do have topics you want to hear about or questions that you want asked and answered, uh, you can uh, send them through either through the, the, the tribe groups that we've done or uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, Jay Croxon or Instagram. I just changed my handle to make it easier. So it's Jason CFB podcast for that might help people. Um, but again, all the links are in the uh, in the notes below. Don't forget to, to check out um, Becky's website if you want yep. um, some some decorating done and she'll be happy to to help you out uh, anything you want to add check you got an open platform for a minute anything uh, you want to tell the members no just just it's been an absolute pleasure the last 10 years and yeah thanks for giving us a, an opportunity to do something that we love like day in day out like literally um count our blessings well i know i do i count my blessings every single day for the for the job that i got i say job in inverted commas um so i absolutely love every day and yeah i love the energy people bring so yeah keep it up brilliant and Shax wants to come back on he said he was trying to think of topics. Yeah, well, so um, think of them for him. <laughs> Let him know what you want. What you want him to tell you. I'll pick and choose the ones and, I like. Uh, you can't cherry pick. We've been talking about this through programming. You can't. You've got to see the one you don't want, and that's the one yeah, you have to do. I'll do my research. Yeah. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to give this podcast a little like, or maybe share this one around, as it's the first one that sort of has opened up a little bit more general crossfit discussion as opposed to being super localized to yeah. uh, to bath and trowbridge so feel free to to share it around uh, more listens maybe means more guests i don't know no, there'll be yes. some positive swing to having more <laughs> listens sure. i'm sure uh, so thank you everyone for listening and i uh, hope you'll look forward to the next episode of the crossfit bath podcast thank you jess